Hello and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews, that movie review podcast that will slice and dice or praise and hype a movie. Each month I have a theme and since it's December I'm looking at Christmas horrors or festive fear. Which is my look at Child's Play, Better Watch Out, Krampus and today's movies Jack Frost. Now, not the kiddie-friendly one, which is equally as freaky, but the one about the killer talking snowman. Also, I'm doing both movies in one bumper podcast. So this will be fun, (laughs) because these movies are, hmm, to say the least. Anyway, I first saw this in the early noughties, I think at the same time the sequel came out, but I can't actually be sure that one. And I've always saw this video cover in the rental store, but it looks so cheesy I overlooked it time and time and time again. However, I've always heard about this stupid little <coughs> holiday horror, it must be PC, about a killer talking snowman. So I rented it and loved it because it knows it's a bad movie and runs with it. I've always said, if the movie knows it's a good bad movie and runs with it, not pretending to be Citizen King, then I will go with it. So... Here we have it, Jack Frost, 1997. With its budget of low, this thing pulled in unknown, and a killer snowman movie was born. So, let's see if it's the weather is the only thing that's frightful, or will these have an ice surprise? Let's dive into Jack Frost. Starring Christopher Allport, Scott McDonald, Stephen Mandel, and Shannon Elizabeth. Directed by Michael Cooney. The plot, a serial killer getting driven to his execution, escapes, however is killed. Somehow his DNA is mixed in with snow and he becomes Jack Frost, the killer talking snowman. Now he seeks revenge on the sheriff that finally caught him after being on years on the run. Will he get to slay that night or does this frost bite? Let's see if I'll have a snowball of a time. Or was it just snow blow? And yes, folks, this one's gonna be punny, so hold on to your butts, it's gonna be fucking funny. So, the movie opens up on a Christmas tree with all the movie's cast and crew written on its baubles. Also, it has a voiceover from the director as Uncle Henry, as he delights in scaring the dickens out of his young niece, voiced by. I have no idea because it doesn't actually see, but I'm guessing a fucking 35-year-old woman pretending to be a cute little girl. Hmm. Telling her all about killer Jack Frost. This is all scored by Sugar Plum Fairy, and I'm loving this. As he scares the spoiled little brat of his niece, I especially love Jack was nimble, Jack was quick, Jack gouged out eyes with candlesticks. Smashed in skulls with sticks and stones, and used iron bars to crush their bones, to hide their kills in tiny places, and never forget their bloodied faces. After this, we finally meet Jack himself, played by Scott McDonald of Fire in the Sky, multiple Star Trek TV shows, multiple for the games, and of course, multiple TV shows, because he's a jobbing actor. As he's getting driven to his execution, and why not do it in a jail? I mean, uh at midnight during a snowstorm one chilly December night. He escapes by killing the one inept guard in the back of the van with him. The other two driving the truck crash after telling us how he was caught in Snowmountain. 
Really movie? Snow Mountain? Oh, God. Strike one for you there. After the feds were looking him for years, but couldn't catch him. Guess he was Jack, you know, Jack be quick. Anyway, these two idiots, ignoring gunfire, crash headfirst into a van from the cryo... Was it in Cryoton Genetics Laboratory? Carrying a DNA splicing chemicals, as you do, to a lab at just before midnight one December night. Okay then. The two trucks literally ping, and I kid you not, actually goes ping, as the crash head first, spinning Jack out the back of the truck into the frozen weather, where he splashed with said DNA splicing acid and dissolves into snow. Where, thanks to a cartoon, no expense spent, we see he bonds with the snow, and so Jack Frost, the killer snowman, is born. At midnight that night, we meet the sheriff that finally caught Jack, Sheriff Tiller, played by Christopher Allport of Dead and Buried, Invaders from Mars, and multiple TV shows. Another jobbing actor. Seemed one summer day he caught Jack taking a leak. And arrest him for indecent exposure, I'm guessing. Uh, we have flashbacks of Jack threatening to kill the sheriff in front of the press and other police. And oh, I have no idea what how this bit went on. But anyway, moving on, we have hundreds of flashbacks and there's letters written from. But I'll get back to the letters a bit later. Also in his car is his wife Anne, played by Aline Seely, who played Martha Wayne in Batman Forever coming soon, by the way. And his son, Ryan, played by Zach Edgington. And they just so happens to come across the crash site, but is told to move on by the feds. At the said crash site, we meet FBI agent Manners, played by Stephen Mandel of the awful AVGN, the movie. That's angry video game nerd, the movie. And my god, that's fucking awful. Also, it was a scam. How the hell did he spend that money in that crappy little movie with the shitty effects even after it was done three times over? Jesus Christ. Anyway, <clears throat> Agent Manners, as he takes away the shell-shocked and babbling security guard, the one that survived that is, because the other one was killed somehow with a uh, Christmas tree shoved down his throat. I think it was a wee plastic Christmas tree. Anyway, as he tells him about the talking killer snowman, the next Day, Sheriff Tiller goes to work, but not before his uber-annoying son gives him uncooked cookie dough mixed with oatmeal and mini marshmallows. Yummy! On to snowman building competition, because of course a town called Snowminton would have a snowman building competition. Except, this was shot in 70 degree weather, I can speak, degree weather, with not a drop of real snow to be found. So all these snowmen are built using plastic and foam, and by God does it show, it has unshaven pieces of foam just dangling off these fucking snowmen. And oh yeah, didn't I mention this was shot in 19 days? Jesus Christ, <clears throat> gotta love these cheap low budget movies. At this thing, we meet the town blowhard, Jake, Jake Metzner, played by Jack Lindeen. His slightly off wife, Sally, played by Kelly Jean Peters, and daughter Jill, played by Shannon Elizabeth of American Pie fame. Check my archives. And finally, her little brother, Billy, played by Nathan Gray. The sheriff then talks to her boyfriend, Tommy, played by Darren Campbell, 
who tells a bad joke about what's the difference between a snowman and snowman? Snowballs. And for that, he should be killed, and that's no joke. They also talk about how this blowhard wins a competition time and time and time again because he's a cheat. Because, of course, he is. He's a wife-beater and a bloody cheat and a blowhard and a bully and a complete douche nozzle. Moving on. Returning to the sheriff's office, Tyler is given a note from receptionist with someone directing on it. Because that's funny. Shouldn't she have, oh, I don't know, radioed in to tell him that someone died not until he walks in? And also, the note says it was taken at 7.45am. It is now 9am. What in the actual fuck? Going to the crime scene, he finds the frozen, frozen stiff body of an old hermit with his neck snapped back, still rocking in his seat. He asks his two deputies if there's any leads, but nope, they've all gone cold. But um, maybe if you were arrived at a bloody, I don't know, eight o'clock instead of nine o'clock, it would have been a warm lead. But uh, with that, he radios the feds for help, and here Turtle Nick wearing Agent Manners assures him Jack Frost is dead, and then hangs up because the sheriff thinks it's Jack Frost. Even though it's a completely different MO, but moving on. Telling the company, a rep, Stone, uh, that Agent Wallace is, tells the company rep, Stone, because there's a company rep, apparently. Stone, played by Rob LaBelle of New Nightmare, RV, the 4400, and Watchmen. At least the DNA chemicals work, and apparently this was planned. Back at the crime scene, the town doctor, Doc Peters, played by Paul Keith, tells Sheriff Tiller the old hermit died of a snapped neck. From great force of someone wearing gloves or mitts. Yet he isn't wearing mitts yet. I'll get back to that in a bit later. Meanwhile, back at the sheriff's house, his wife is stalked by Jack Frost in his snowman form. Because Jack knows where the sheriff lives for some reason. As inside, her son is making a mess, making... <coughs> Extra special gingerbread, man. Yeah, kid. You're extra special, you're fucking self, mate. Jeez, this guy's a bloody idiot. She tells him about the unfinished snowman. And hands him three carrots. Why three carrots? And tells him to finish it. And she tidies his mess. So if he goes to finish it. And this kid is so special. He needs a fucking glove puppet as a model to finish a snowman. Really, mate? You're that fucking thick you can't decide to shove a carrot in its fucking face. A handful of stones is its nose. Uh, I don't know. Its nose, its eyes, rather. And a few bits of coal for its fucking jacket, you bloody idiot. And also, this is where Jack gets his mitts from. So how the hell did the mitts from earlier? Ugh, moving on. But always come over to pick on him for standing in the middle of a sleigh ride. Even though it's snowman's right in the middle of their bloody driveway. How the fuck's that? They're st- Ugh, moving on. Well, never mind that, the killings begin as Jack cuts off the bully's head with his own sleigh. After a bully knocks Jack's head off with the sleigh, what the f- uh, This scene makes absolutely no sense. The bully is backhanded by Jack and then is run over by his own sleigh. The fuck? Also, how sharp is this sleigh? I mean, talk about going sleigh riding. <laughs> the cops show up along with half the town as the bully's body is carted away. And wait a minute here, the bully was actually the town blowhard's son. Okay then. So, the town's sheriff's <coughs> special little boy 
isn't taken in for questioning, even after he tells them it was a snowman that did it, not him. Okay then. Later at night, the sheriff looks over the <coughs> love letters he got from Jack while he was in jail, all threatening to kill him. So you try to say to me, Jack mashed hands on multiple magazines and cut up the old individual letters to send Jack threatening letters about how he's going to kill him, he's going to hunt him down, blah, 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 blah. And the jail was perfectly fine sending him out. Okay then. Meanwhile, across town, Jack kills the blowhard and his family. First up, the blowhard bully himself by forcing an axe down his throat. I guess he really asked for that one then. Then the wife, who's wrapped up in Christmas, so much so, Jack makes her the centrepiece by wrapping her in lights and then dunking her head in glass bobbles, smashing smashing them into her face, and then putting her on the tree as an angel, like she always wanted. I guess if you harp on a bit long enough, it'll actually get what you want. That's a terrible joke, John. <laughs> Up next, for some reason, is the grocery store owner, Paul, played by William Peter. He catches Jack in act of killing Sally and just runs off. Wait, what? The sheriff then finds them all tied up and puts a lid on it. So who the fuck called the cops in? <laughs> Going back to Chef's office, Tyler is finally meeting my Agent Manners face to face. Agent Manners tells him this might be the MO of a serial killer he's been tracking down for years and demands Tyler takes him to a crime scene. But this can't be a serial killer's MO because each killing is different and since when serial killers change their MO. Meanwhile, the grocery store owner is still getting chased by Jack. Wait, oh, moving on. At the crime scene, uh, Stone uses some sort of device on a puddle of water that tells him it can freeze and un- freeze itself at will. Also has Jack Frost DNA in it. Right then. Outside the town, Doctor tells Tyler that Blowhard's death makes no sense as there is no footprints or fingerprints on the axe handle. Also, it is impossible to force an axe straight down someone's throat. Agent Manners tells Tyler to put the town on lockdown and he'll stop stop Jack Frost himself. Okay then. Uh, Heading into town, Tyler puts the town in curfew. He holds a town hall meeting in the local church of about 25 people. Really? You have about 25 extras for crying out loud. And he tells them the town is in lockdown for 24 hours for their own safety. As outside, the grocery store owner is arrested for destroying all the town's snowmen also for ranting about the killer snowman, and I kid you not, Agent Manners clean cold cocks him right in the jaw and knocks him clean on his ass. So you can not only be arrested for destroying fucking snowmen, but you can be punched in the jaw and knocked the fuck right. <laughs> oh, this movie. The sheriff sends one of his deputies to find out what spooked Paul, the grocery store owner. Because he sent him to his house, even though he lives above the store, and it makes no sense because the Blowhardest way out of side town. Oh god, all I know is moving on. Anyway, this idiot deputy is killed by Jack Frost, who stands in the middle of the road holding up a stop sign in full bloody snowman form. So Jack then milks himself into a puddle and teleports somehow into the back of the cop car, running him over. And no pun, Jack, what he wasn't <clears throat> run down or dead tired. Oh, come on, Jack, these are easy puns. Low-hanging fruit, come on. 
At the sheriff's house, the other deputy helps the sheriff's wife with a leaking pipe in a lame-ass jump scare that goes absolutely fucking nowhere. She picks up blankets and returns to the church, driving off that leaves Jill and Tommy to sneak into the house to have sex because reasons and also she's a cold-hearted bitch her brother is only dead for less than about what six seven hours and she's having sex with her boyfriend fucking bitch i mean oh jesus talk about being cold moving on this leads to the most notorious death in this movie but first jack has to kill tommy with an icicle to the head and talk about brain freeze it's jill's turn as She's killed in the shower by Jack. Not only that, but she's ripped by a carrot. And I guess that's one we get in one of your five a day. Too much? Meh. <laughs> oh, that's a terrible, John. Back at the sheriff's office, Manners gets a fax from the feds telling them that they can't land a helicopter in the snowstorm. And they cannot get people into the town either. What snowstorm? There's literally no snow anywhere to be found. It's all white felt. I mean, clearly white felt. There's not one drop of actual fucking snow, even fake snow. Can I have got some bloody ice for crying out loud and mushed up? Manners then fesses up. It's Jack Frost doing all the killings and they have no backup. At which point, Jack drives to the sheriff's office in the deputy's car. We finally get a full body look at Jack Frost's snowman body and God, does it look cheap. Not as cheap as the ones used for the competition, but still cheap. Although, at least this one actually has facial features and can actually move their eyebrows and mouth, etc. etc. Jack somehow traps them all on the sheriff's office and melts them into a puddle to get under the door, which Agent Manners shoots. Yeah, I'll just let that hang for a minute. He actually shoots the water. Yeah, I'll repeat that. He shoots the fucking water with his gun. This movie, I mean, Jesus, jinkies. So, the sheriff gets a hairdryer to keep Jack at bay. Okay, what the fuck did I just say? He picks up a hairdryer and keeps Jack at bay by blowing him with hot air. Yeah, I love this movie, it's so fucking... As the others escape, ring into the supply cupboard with its handy-dandy stack of air freshener and hairspray, because why not? which they used to melt Jack's face off, or it would have if they had any fucking brains. Instead, they take down the spray cans, so they empty the contents out, but oh no, an easily smashed window, which is locked from the fucking inside, by the by, has stopped them from escaping. So Tyler must use the keys from the, to open the, uh, from the door rather to open the window, and this is painfully stupid and painfully long, as he takes a good five minutes in real fucking time to reach these keys and then he drops on the bloody puddle it takes another full minute to pick them up really movie i mean oh you mother fiend in the cells he finds paul and lets him out so they were going to either let him choke to death on the fumes or let him die in the explosion well done there movie they take another full five minutes to escape, leaving Jack to choke to death on the fumes, but he doesn't have lungs. How the fuck does that one work? This movie, I mean... Ugh. Finally escaping, outside Manners shoots the gas, blowing up the office. That doesn't kill Jack, however, as he pulls them together in some cheap 90s CGI and makes up a castle joke. And this is where uh, this movie just goes from bad to good bad as the jokes are thick and fast 
As inside a church, Tyler finally gets the truth out of stone that not even the government knows about his genetic research his company is doing to make an acid that would bond with ice so the human race could be saved after a nuclear winter. Wait, what did I just say? They're making an acid that would bond with ice so the human race could survive a nuclear winter. Right then. Also, something about the soul not only being real, but it's a chemical. What? Just how much <clears throat> snow was this guy sniffing when he wrote this fucking thing? Jesus criminy. They come up with a plan to force Jack into the basement to melt him with the heat of the furnace by using hair dryers again, because every church has about fucking 15 hair dryers on hand. Okay then. I'm done. I was loving the one-liners, loving the deaths, but this is now beyond fucking stupid. They're going to melt Jack down with about 15 or so hairdryers, forcing him down um, to the furnace in the basement. Where the hell do they get the cord extensions from? And where the hell do they get the hairdryers from? And oh, moving, moving on, just move the fuck on. They force him down to the, the furnace and he melts, in, he melts into a puddle, like a Witcher West style. And I guess he was well and truly blown away then. Ugh. It doesn't work however, as the steam turns into water, which brings Jack back. So he bites Marnersley's face off and talk about frostbite. Up next is Stone is giving the cold shoulder. And eaten too, I think. I mean, I don't actually know what happens to this guy. Because outside the church... Tyler is confronted by Stone, who is taken over by Jack somehow, as he spews up shaving foam, and then Jack reforms. So, Jack traps Tyler and his idiot son in the cop car, turns into water, and starts to flood the car. Tyler smashes a window to escape, and as he does, he picks up the bag of oatmeal his son made from earlier, throws it into Jack's face, which melts his face off, because the son put antifreeze in him so his dad wouldn't get cold. I'm just going to leave that one sitting there for a couple of seconds. Yes, his son is this special. He puts antifreeze in the fucking oatmeal cookie so his dad won't get cooked. <sighs> Paul, the grocery store owner, fills up a, the back of a pickup truck with antifreeze as Tyler and Jack fight in the one restaurant in town, which is also a bloody whorehouse because every room is occupied by some some guy getting, I don't know, his Christmas jollies. Moving on, they fall from a window during a fight. They land an antifreeze and Jack melts as Tyler punches a liquid. The idiot son picks up an arm, which then tries to kill him, but he's dunked into antifreeze and sadly he's fine. I want a little guy to die so bloody much. Jack melts into antifreeze, which the town bury as the feds arrive. The liquid glows green and his credits roll. So, that was Jack Frost, even as a cheesy good-bad movie, this is bad. The effects are practical, which is good, however, they are done on the cheap. The acting is poor, mind you, this is a bloody B-level jobbing actor-level cast, so... Hmm. The script, however, is bloody painfully stupid, and Jack just does not have the personnel to pull this movie off. Ginger dead man, he ain't, and that's saying something! God almighty, the movies are awful. 
let's make me a good time with some friends and some pizza with, with some beer. But other than that, it's poor. The boom mic is seen in a shot multiple times, the snow is white felt and the snowman puppet looks cheap. However, this is a good time with a few drinks. So I'm going to give this thing a very, very par 5 out of 10. So I'll stay right there for Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. Will this be a Christmas miracle and it be better than the first one or does this have a snowball's chance in hell? Find out here. Okay then, Jack Frost, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. Let's get this turkey over and done with. So this came out three years after the Lukewarm original. And I can't find how much this cost to make. I'm guessing favours were cashed in and these were worn out. Also, I can't find how much this thing made. I'm guessing a buck ten. With that, let's just dive in. One more thing. I wasn't this called Jack Frost 2 Electric Igloo. Starring Christopher Allport, Eileen Seeley, Scott McDonald, David Allen Brooks and Ian Abercrombie. Directed once again by Michael Cooney. The plot. One year after the events of Jack Frost, Sheriff Tiller goes on a Caribbean holiday during the festive season to escape his Christmassy type town. <coughs> Too bad Jack Frost is hot on his tail to kill him in some cold blood. A revenge. After all, rather, revenge is a dish best served cold. The movie opens up on Sheriff Tiller, once again played by Christopher Allport, in therapy, as this doctor is played by Ian Abercrombie of the Star Wars movies. The prequels are coming soon, by the way. And he's breaking all sorts of patient doctor confidentiality, uh, confidentiality if I can speak, confidentiality uh, rules, anyway. As he's allowing his staff to listen in via loudspeaker. Anyway, the sheriff recalls the events of part one. After much mocking and laughing, the titles spin up and this thing looks like it's done by a fucking six-year-old. His first time using bloody... whatever. Onto a shot of the graveyard where the buried... Sorry, where the town buried the antifreeze and used to melt Jack Frost. It's been dug up by two men. One kills the other. Then it's onto a lab where the liquid is poured into a fish tank for reasons which also has chains from the ceiling for other reasons. And then onto stock footage of scientists doing scientist-type things with the liquids, as a doctor is shown ticking off all the boxes saying failed. And was this the producers trying to get money from Hollywood production companies to finance this turkey? Hmm? A mug of cocoa falls into the tank because, you know, all doctors leave mugs of cocoa lying around a, labo uh, a lab while doing experiments. And the mug... It just happens just to be full of cocoa also. I mean, mm. Anyway, it falls in and boom! Jack is back for reasons. All expense was spared with these effects as he melts and pours himself down a drain. I won't say this movie's going to go down there also, but it's looking that way. I don't know what bloody three minutes fucking in. Oh dear. At Snowmountain Airport. Sure, why not? International Airport, that means. We see the Sheriff's family all going on holiday for his deputy's wedding. Well, when I say all the family, his son is about to be seen 
thankfully, as he's been sent to his cousins for therapy on his face or something like that, because after all he was dumped in fucking antifreeze, or if his flesh clean off his fucking face. Anyway, moving on. On to a tropical island. And here we meet island director Colonel Hickering. And I'm guessing this is a pun or, or a play of words on... Cur- uh, was it Captain Manning from Dad's Army? Anyway, he's played by Roy Cooney. And his man Friday, Bobby, played by Ty Bennett of John Dies at the End and Westworld fame. Uh, here a whole truckload of victims, sorry, I mean holiday goers, arrive, including Rose, played by Jennifer Leons of Robert England's second ever movie. He directed Killer Pad, which is fucking awful. Ashley, played by Shonda Farr, and Paisley, played by Granger Green. As it she sound like a bloody Power Rangers villain. I wanted to pick on these three, because the movie does, and I have to pad this podcast review out somehow. Next, off the back of the truck, and I love the fact that it's supposed to be a luxury resort, but they've got a bloody truck, not a minibus, but a truck. I mean, for crying out loud, all expense spared my arse. <clears throat> Anyway, off the back of the truck is Sarah, played by Melanie Good of Private Parks, the Howard Stern story. Cindy, played by Stephanie Chow, and photographer Greg, played by Paul Kim of One Hour Photo and Hulk. Seems these two are on a photo shoot for holiday things. Why the hell would you go on a bloody tropical island to do a Christmas oh, movie on? Finally, off the back of the truck is the sheriff, his wife, once again, played by Eileen Seeley, her, her best friend Marler, played by Marsha Clark, and her husband-to-be Joe, played by Chip Heller, who was not the deputy Joe from the fucking other movie. I think this entire cast came from Bit Pit Players Errors. I mean, Jesus. Also, wait, what? This movie has Doug Jones in it, and a throwaway death? How? I mean... Mm. Oh, yeah. And you're going to love this. Jack Frost, voiced once again by Scott McDonald, is following the sheriff in liquid form to the island. Okay, calm down, Jaws 4. A carrot washes up on shore, controlled by Jack. Just go with it. He hits down the sheriff, who's at the bar. The three girls are on a manhunt, because of course they are. Speaking of a witch, these men they're hunting are... Played by Brian Gross of 2001 Maniacs Remake, Big Mama Ho- Big Mama's House 2, Red Tails, and his best friend Ben, played by Jason Hall. And these two are your typical dumb jock frat boys. And finally, meet the most annoying character in this fucking movie, and that's saying something. Captain Fun, played by Sean Patrick Murphy. He is this super annoying douchebag whose sole job is to cheer everybody up and it gets old fast. Later at night, the girls await the frat boys down by the beach and Ashley leaves to find Cole because of course it's Cole on a bloody tropical island. And she's hunted by Jack. And then she is iced as he drops an ice anvil on her head. Still, it was ice, knowing you, Ashley. Paisley is up next for the icy cold grave as she finds Ashley's weighed down body. So she falls on the ice and impales herself on an ice shard, taking her out. Ice to see you, to see you ice, Paisley. Finally, Rose, 
is taken out by Jack, who stabs her eyes out with tongs. I'm going to toss this one out here. I take it this was a bloody tax break. I mean, was this just an excuse to have holiday on a fucking Caribbean? Even though it was raining season, because there's not one bit of actual fucking sun, because it's all bloody cloudy and shit. Moving on. Next morning, Captain Fun bursts into the sheriff's room to, quote, chase away the holiday, the hangover grumps, rather. And he'd get more than a chill reception if you'd done that to me. I'll tell you one thing, his snow glows would be snow rattled. That doesn't make sense. The colonel finds the dead body, so covers it up. The head of island security is called, and wouldn't you know it, it's Agent Manners, played by David Allen Brooks of Manhunter. Check my archives. Castaway and the doors. Complete with a mysterious sting. Every time he was on screen and an eye patch. I guess he was just a little bit frostbitten then, not entirely. Colonel Hickering gets Bobby to call for help, but the phone lines are down. It seems Jack's been busy as he spies on them from a teeny tiny little snow globe. Yeah, you heard that one right, a snow globe. How are you getting there? Who knows? How we can control the carrot? Who cares? How can Coco magically bring him back to life and give him powers so not to melt on the sun? What the fuck did I look to you, the writer? This guy was on more coke than Coca-Cola. But moving on, the colonel finds the satellite is down also, so it must wait until the next day for a rescue and a supply ship, because reasons? The colonel and Bobby want to cover up the killings, but Manners says no, but he's just forced out into the cold. And told to shut the fuck up. Up next for the chop is one of the models. Things got a little bit nippy as... Sarah rubs an ice cube on her boob to excite the <coughs> clearly gay photographer. All the while, Jack's friendly, pervy voiceover is going on and on and on. She tosses the ice cube aside. I guess she's really cold-hearted dead, just as Jack was getting his rocks off. Still, never mind. Time for some nice coffee break. Yet more pervy voiceover from Jack as Sarah sucks on an ice cube. However, she chews it, so Jack somehow smashes her head in. I guess it was decapinated coffee then. The photographer is next to be slayed, as Jack kills him using his camera. So, it was an instant death then. Manners sneaks up behind the sheriff. Because we're moving on, because these deaths are just lightning fast. Anyway, he sneaks up behind the sheriff, asking him to meet him alone. In 10 minutes in reception. Why 10 minutes? Because he needed to pee. And I thought my jokes were bad. That's even a fucking joke. At reception, Manos tells him the feds fired his ass because no one believed him about the killer snowman, even though there was dozens of fucking witnesses. And mm. He then tells him Captain Fun as an undercover agent. One tiny little teeny wee thing here. This holiday was not planned. In fact, the sheriff had this as a second honeymoon, which he'd done the week before. So how the fuck did Manners know about it, let alone get someone on the island months earlier? That night at a Halloween party, sure, why not, Captain Fun puts a plan into action to stop Jack. Oh, and one teeny tiny little thing here, Sheriff Tiller is allergic to bananas. I guess he doesn't find them appealing then. 
Jack spooks Tyler. So he gives him chasing all the way to his hideaway, aka a shed in the woods, because of course there is. Turns out it was only the colonel dressed as Frosty. No one believes Tyler about the snowman he was chasing, so I decide to go to bed. Later that night, the other model goes for a little moonlight dip. Jack freezes over the pool and she drowns. No pun from Jack or from me, because I can't think of one. Jack then freezes over everything. As Tyler gets up for a drink of water, he notices everything is snowed under. Captain Fun starts a snowball fight. Just kill this twat already, because he's fucking annoying. And no one seems to bat an eye that in the Caribbean, it is covered in fucking snow. When I say snow, I mean fucking... What is it? Fake uh, potato flakes and bits and pieces. I mean... Uh. Then one of the two frat boys sticks his tongue on a frozen pole. Christmas story style. As Jack rips him off it, I guess he was a little tongue-tied then. Uh, Tyler is then psychically linked to Jack as the killing goes on and Jack's on a killing spree using his killer snowballs and some piss poor CGI icicles he takes out about I don't know 10-15 people. Tyler runs up to a snowman and throws some antifreeze on it that he's been wearing since the last attack a year earlier. It doesn't work because it's only a snowman. How wouldn't the antifreeze just melt the... Oh. God knows. Seconds later, however, Jack forms and we get a clear look at the new suit and my fucking god, it's about eight feet fucking tall. But can only move its arms, there's no lip syncing, no expressions at all, nothing. Somehow this is a cheaper suit than the one from the first one. Manus shows up with his gun as Jack melts into the snow, so they decide to hide in Sheriff Tiller's room. At which point, Tiller pulls out his stash of antifreeze and tile sealant and superglue because, you know, that's what you'd take on a Caribbean holiday. But his wife said they must warn the others. Armed with super, super soakers filled with antifreeze, they hunt down Jack. Oh my god, I thought the first one was stupid. This is beyond fucking stupid. After sealing himself in the room, the deputy and his wife-to-be comes up with reasons why Jack and the sheriff are linked. All because he bled into the antifreeze when Jack died. Okay then. That's a stretch and a half. Christ. Heading to the kitchen, Manos and Tyler finds the Colonel, Captain Fun, and Bobby all hiding because why would you hide in a kitchen? Tyler explains to uh, them all about Jack and how they need antifreeze to stop them, but of course, this being the Caribbean, there is none. Until Bobby picks up, there's a whole shed full of coolant behind the kitchen. Handy that. So, a trap is set for Jack. Tyler uses himself as bait. Jack takes the bait, falling into the pool of coolant as he melts. Move over, right? Nope. Not a snowball's chance in hell. We still have 25 minutes of this fucking turkey to go. Jack somehow reforms, half-melted, just dusting off the coolant, and then spews up snowballs, which then melts into cheap CGI from early millennium CGI at that, so you know it's cheap. 
Manners hunts down Jack following the trail of snowballs as back in the kitchen, the rest are watching awe as one of the snowballs hatches into a killer talking cute little ball of snow. <clears throat> Thankfully, it kills Captain Fun. And then Benny Hill chases the others around the kitchen. I guess that's just how he rolls then. They try to kill it time and time and time again. But it just reforms an awful CGI. They stick it in a blender, but all that does is give him a spinning headache. Back with manners, he tracks down Jack to his hideaway, uh, the shed in the woods, which is coated in snowballs. The inside is enemy. Or should that be cotton balls, as these things are cheap? He quickly gets killed. I guess he should have cottoned on. He would have no chance of surviving this. As back in the kitchen, the sheriff's wife comes up with a plan to seal all the mutant snowballs into sealed containers to keep them from leaving the island. As they go to hunt down the balls. And here the movie turns into a gremlin's cl clone. Check my archives. As all the balls just hang out at the bar messing around. I guess he's being balls this more like a critter's clone then. Hmm, check my archives also. The deputy, armed with a vacuum cleaner, sucks up a snowball so he doesn't freeze up in a panic and suck as a hero then. The colonel, armed with a sabre for some reason, is ambushed by the balls and that sounds painful. He runs for his life as a mohawked one gives chase. This is gremlins then, get him. Back with the sheriff's wife, she's attacked by the mutant snowballs, so she throws a cocktail on one of them and it explodes. Guess it was shaken and not stirred to find out it had banana daiquiri in it. That joke was terrible. Finally, they put two and two together and realise it's the bananas. As Sam and Jack are linked, therefore the snowballs are allergic to bananas as Sam is. Okay then. Now armed with liquid bananas, uh, they kill the balls in an explosion of cheapness. With 10 minutes left and down to one ball, Jack swears revenge. He takes out the Colonel and Bobby in a snow flurry of violence, impaling the Colonel and slitty, uh, slitting Bobby's throat. For the nice yard. Up next is the Sheriff's wife, who is encased in an icebox made by Jack who crushes her to death with an icicle lined wall as he deforms onto a snow line. Tyler then shoots Jack with a banana arrow as he explodes into shaving foam and corn syrup. Tyler then digs into the slush to find his wife is alive. Wait what? You seen her get crushed to death? But she's perfectly fit. The two kiss and walk off into sunset as credits roll. So, that was Jack Frost 2, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but this isn't a patch on part 1. This isn't funny or entertaining. The puns are awful. The effects are beyond cheap. And the snowman suit looks like it was made by kindergartners looking with 10 minutes notice. I mean... This isn't good bad movie, this is a bad worse movie. I'm going to give this thing a sub zero out of ten. Still, come back next week for Krampus and also my little Christmas shocking filler coming on Christmas Eve. 
and then my end of the year roundup on New Year's Eve. Don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. Also, follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod, where you can vote for what movies I will cover. And also email me, here's Johnny's Views at gmail.com. Check out my other horror podcasts of Hellraiser, Omen, Underworld, Resident Evil and more. Also, my solo horror podcast of Santa Slay, Black Christmas, Silent Night, Deadly Night and many more. Uh, bye. And remember, I watch these bad movies so you don't have to. <laughs>